Welcome to Season 2 of Community, a podcast by Sisos Africa. Last season, we focused on the effects of COVID-19 within various communities in Uganda, from artists to workers to doctors to businessmen and women. This season, we set alight our campfire with stories and conversations on giving within our communities. Join us as we unpack and celebrate giving in Uganda and across the continent. We would love to hear from you. You can catch us every Thursday on Anchor or on the Source website. Welcome to today's conversation. In conversation with us is Alinda. I met Alinda early this year. She attended our Experience Leaders Retreat and that's how we we came to know each other and she's an amazing amazing woman alinda tell our listeners a bit about yourself hi jackie i have really been looking forward to this because jackie is the one person that can make you laugh (laughs) just thinking about her face i start laughing i am a mother of four girls that's the primary way i define Mm -hmm, myself mm -hmm. for a day job i am a lawyer I teach law, I practice with a law firm, and I do a lot of things around innovating it mm-hmm. and making it more accessible to the generation. I, I like to think about what kind of lawyer my daughters will need yes. and to try and create that future for them. Okay. Because I, I honestly believe that the, my deepest inspiration now is to live a better world for daughters as women mm-hmm. than I found it. So that's, that's, is that enough about who I am? Yes, uh, that, that gives us a great insight. And so this podcast, this conversation today mm-hmm. is about giving, about generosity. Yeah. And Alinda is an African woman, an African girl, an Af- a Ugandan girl. And I know of your story, of your practice of generosity. Are you able to trace it? What are your earliest memories? How did you learn how to be generous? What is the mm-hmm. root of generosity in your life? I think that the root of generosity in my life is that if it wasn't for generosity, I wouldn't be who I am or I wouldn't live up to my full potential because my mom died when she was giving birth to me and I was taken on by a family that raised me and gave me everything at the same level with their children Mm -hmm. to a point where if I met people that tried to convince me that I was not these people's biological child they they had to be jokers Mm -hmm. and and that selfless love I think is the root of of why I must give it it could have been very easy for them to rush on or to find ways to make the little resource they had fit their children first. Yes. But and and it wasn't just them, it was their parents, their sisters, their brothers, so my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, my you know, when everybody gives you such complete acceptance mm-hmm. that when you turn around you can only just as much open up whoever you are to the world wow that's powerful and fast forward one of the stories i heard you share on a platform that we both attend is about giving during the time of covid can you tell our listeners that story i don't think that any of us could tell where covid was how quickly it was going to come to uganda we had been seeing places closing up and this kind of lockdown situation everywhere but I think that we were all surprised at where it actually found each 
of us individually. And I teach at uh, the Law Development Center, which is a community of over 2,000 students. But the ones that I, I'm directly in charge of are about 1,700. Wow. And we have two campuses. We have a campus in Barra and mm-hmm. a campus in Kampala. And when the lockdown happened, it occurred to me that there must have been students that had decided to remain at the Mbara campus that had, or even the Kampala one that had not gone home. And so out of curiosity, we say to the leaders, what, what's the, the situation? Leaders. Yes. Yeah. What's, the, what's the actual situation on ground? Mm-hmm. What, where are all our students? Fine. We had a few days to, for everyone to go home after the schools closed, but did everybody actually go home? And that's when we found out that we had about 90 students that had stayed in their hostels mm-hmm. and their resources were really running out. They, they couldn't reach their parents or maybe their parent their own parents were also struggling. I mean, nobody was working. Nobody mm-hmm. was able to send, let's say, if maybe I could have sent you food or, you know, whatever other assistance that you would usually, you know, the student's life. I don't know whether, yes. I don't know what kind of life you lived as a student, but mine, again, coming from a very diverse home of everybody being your parent it was largely you know going to visit this uncle and saying goodbye to him as many times as possible <laughs> until he figures that yes oh, I he gets the don't point. have transport know, or something I know, I know. and yeah yeah so for me the students despite them being lawyers i always know that they are still students really yes they still don't have anything going professionally they don't have a mm-hmm. place they are earning and they are living dependent on on whoever is discharged they fall mm-hmm. under and so it it was it was really awkward but for me at that point everybody was giving to different government or company causes and i i said to the different teachers before we go to give to parliament or to give to the COVID task force. How about we give to our very students? So what the school did was that the center was that they started a COVID task force, which I was asked to lead. And we, and I said to each of the teachers, my goal is to give each student a certain amount of money. Whatever amount you will raise mm-hmm. is what we will give them equally. Yeah. We don't have to worry about, oh, we want it to be uh, so many kilos of sugar, so many kilos. Of... Because I think that part of the dignity or or the what you have to be conscious about when you give people is to preserve their dignity so that you give them what they actually need. It's one thing to assume for me mm-hmm. that what I need is posho and beans. But what if what I need is sanitary towels? And I am seated in a room unable to leave because, you know, we assume so much. Actually, a guest, a guest that we interviewed previously on this podcast, mm-hmm. not to denigrate the giving that happened because, yes, people were going hungry, mm-hmm. but he called it the poshoization of COVID yes. because, indeed, in his community, mm-hmm. what he did was to team together with community members to provide vegetables and fruit. Wow. And that's something that would be an absolute luxury. Because the COVID messages were eat healthy, have vegetables, but you're buying beans and posho. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at first, actually that was a lot of the resistance we got Mm -hmm. because it was, no, it looks better. You see, for you who is giving, you want to look like you've given 
for your ego of course if you had only let's say so in the end we ended up giving only eighty nine thousand shillings to each student i hope i'm right can't remember properly but you see that could have bought a whole basin of different things so that it looks like oh jackie i've given you all these things but then there was a lot of restriction on giving out items mm-hmm. it was attempted murder and then they were not here. They were in Umbara. Yes. And the whole sem- semantics of going there. Eventually, the easiest way to do this was to do mobile money. Mm-hmm. And I teamed up with a, a, a very, very amazing company called Your Uganda that has a lot of those mobile money solutions where they, you just upload the names and the numbers. They confirm if the numbers are the, owned by the people you expect. They match for you the ones that are not. And the money just goes out in, boom, one, one batch. One batch. Mm-hmm. And everybody just... So we had created a WhatsApp group of uh, them that, were in lo- that had been locked down and they all got the message at the same time. And my goodness, Jackie, the response mm-hmm. was absolutely melting, humbling, inspiring. It was just, it was very little money. It really was. But I think that what spoke volumes was that the teachers had stopped their lives to attend to a need of their students that they didn't have to, that they could have looked away from, that they could have trivialized and said, but what kind of lawyers are you if you can't even have food? Or And I think that there's something that changed about our relationship with the students. And I wasn't surprised that shortly after when they said they wanted to resume school or they wanted to have online classes, what would have usually been the teachers trying to convince the students was absolutely the other way around. Mm-hmm. The students were saying, please, how, how do we get through the, this together? And I think that a lot of that came from a demonstration that the students cared about the student holistically. The teachers The cared. teachers cared mm-hmm. about the students holistically and not just only the part that they were sort of contractually responsible for. And so going back to the dignity of giving, they started to send me pictures of what they had gotten. Mm-hmm. Ah. So in our heads, what we planned was a kilo of rice, posho, beans, cooking oil, soap, tissue. You know, we had a certain budget that was... But the things, the pictures that they sent me, a lot of them spent that on data, mm-hmm. on finally being able to see pictures of their loved ones again or, or oh. you know, being able to call, paying mobile money debts so yes. that they could finally receive money from whoever could help them. There were so many of them that bought Matoki. Honestly, Jackie, I don't think anyone bought Posho. Yeah. There were those that bought gas because while they could find food maybe from a neighbor, because yeah. you know Mbara is it's not like a city. Mm-hmm. Someone can allow you to go into their plantation and take them, but you won't be able to cook it. Yes. There are those that bought charcoal. And for me it was it was it was just a lesson and a confirmation that if you're to truly bless someone by giving them, then they need the dignity of deciding what they do with. Just tell them what you want to give them and let them decide. Rather than arbitrarily deciding for them in a, in a callous way just so your ego is left. It was a very beautiful experience. And of course, there were so many parts of it that were overwhelming, you know. Okay, so now lockdown has been extended. Now what do we do? Are you going to organize another fundraising for us? Uh, oh... But what about us who are not on the list? Or and and I and I would I said to them from the beginning that their their real needs 
can never be met by a single human being yeah. and that if they place themselves at in that spirit to receive rather than to demand or to expect or to be entitled i knew they would be taken care of way beyond my means yeah wow that's powerful i'm i'm beautiful illustration and my mind is going several ways when you talk about dignity when you make giving about the other person mm-hmm. it, it actually shifts the power it does. it's no longer about me who has and then things i can prescribe mm-hmm. it's prepaid i know what you need mm-hmm. and so you will take what i have given you mm-hmm. rather it's i want to partner with you at your point of need yes absolutely but also just the role of of the teacher and 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 i know teachers have various struggles mm-hmm. various issues going on yes but i was trying to think when was the last time you know the relationship often we have with teachers is you're way over there after mm-hmm. all that's how our classes are right mm-hmm. you're up in front i don't know you know and so we have that relationship that is so distant yeah. and so i'm wondering what did how do you have the kind of teachers that care Mm. beyond i know and i'm here to download all the knowledge in my head mm-hmm. to you people who don't know i think that, that for us who teach professionals it's it's never about the knowledge also because i mean knowledge has been commoditized now i can go to google and i can get so many textbooks so many articles on this topic you're holding out as an expert and I can probably torture you with so many versions of it that you are not prepared for but I think that when you are skilling a professional it's it's not so much the knowledge as it is inspiring this person to be the best version of themselves because when when someone has to acquire a skill the learning is dependent on them mm-hmm. you can you can you can give them the information you can demand that they do certain exercises you can you can you can do whatever you want as the person with the authority but whether you reach their heart at the point you need to operate in order for them to return their own um, or to receive that skill is 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 something that is that requires a, a mindset shift for teachers. Mm-hmm. I think that where we're going so for example you will teach someone today and 2 years down the road you will find them in court. And a lot of what happens is determinant on that relationship you have with them. Mm-hmm. Because if you treated them like a piece of you don't know anything, you are young, you are not knowledgeable enough clueless <laughs> yes you're going to sometimes even find they are the magistrate yes and in the end we are all being poured out into this profession i i've showed up to get contracts and i found my students as the person that is going to evaluate my tender or my bid and i don't think that that should be the motivation but if you tap into what your role as a teacher if you try i, I usually say to fellow teachers i want you to look back and think about the teacher that inspired you the most mm-hmm. and i want you to aim to be that teacher because we all have the teacher that was our best teacher and the yes. teacher that was our worst teacher yes. and if you list the attributes of the worst teacher they are the they are the <coughs> ones you usually find in our law schools yes 
and yet what we should be working towards is the reverse because mm-hmm. these are lifelong relationships mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I i i meet my students in court and they say wow madam you you have caught here today i am coming to sit here and i say to them and i want you to give me feedback at the end because i you should know what i should be doing yes and they will they will be so amused that I am giving them permission to criticize my yes. my my performance. Yes. But what I want them to really be thinking about is that it's a lifelong journey. They're going to have to be learning every day, and I don't want them to think that it's only for them. I want them to realize that even those of us that have been in the field for more than decades and what are still on the same journey. You're still learning. You're still learning. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to create a culture of a lifelong student then you yourself as a teacher have to be that. Yeah. So two things that you've surfaced that are interesting if we return to the conversation about giving, dignity, inspiration, mm-hmm. connection, that giving is so much more than just cents and shillings. Yes. It's about the heart. It is. Talk to us a bit about that. I think it goes back again to my life as a teacher or even to my life as a lawyer. I find that I give to people the most if I am present. So you will prepare as a teacher. You will prepare your lesson. As a lawyer, you will prepare for a meeting with a client or court. But you have to remember to get out of that preparation and still be completely present. Because when you are open, despite that preparation should be your... It shouldn't be your jailer. The purpose of preparation is so you can then be released to be present. Mm to truly listen to your students' answers, to truly look them in the eye and see what their mood is before you impose on them a certain piece of information that their body language tells you they're absolutely not ready for. And you know what? You'll be surprised. Maybe what is stressing them is that you have insisted that the door should be closed and they are feeling hooked. Just that. Yeah. And if the door is open, they'll be like, Oh, madam, no. Ah, what were you saying? <laughs> yes, yes. But then it's the same thing with clients. Yes. I, I don't think that you can give if you're not present. Because the, the needs are never... Sometimes even people don't even know what they need. Yes. They're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And if you come with a closed approach, you're, you're going to get it wrong. And you're going to think that you've given, and yet you haven't. Yeah. So I've, it happens so many times that I will get notes or emails or texts from former students with the most amazing stories of what I have given them. Yeah. And I will say, really? I said that to you? Saying, yes, madam, you don't remember. You phoned me. I was walking down after I had been, I don't know, maybe I just received my result and you said, brighten up, it's not the end of your world. You can still pick up. And, and that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I don't even remember it. Yes. But I, 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 I will not walk past a student and act as though I've not seen them. But in seeing them, yeah. I will truly see them. I will say, why do you look sad today? Or how come you're happy? And so many times that very genuine way of greeting or checking in on people will allow you the opportunity to give at levels you don't even realize. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. Beautiful gems that you're sharing. Just dignity, humanizing the other and seeing really 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 seeing seeing and being present really seeing and not being scared Mm -hmm. if what you see overwhelms you Mm -hmm. because i think that's why many times we don't want to see Mm -hmm. because you maybe now if i ask jackie how she really is and she tells me that she doesn't have lunch what will i do (laughs) i think that that's what people worry about but you'll be surprised how often it's not even so much because if 
if I don't have money to give you for lunch, I might tell you about intermittent fasting that actually gives you a lot more power or control over your body. It's amazing how when you're willing to give and you really see people, don't trust on your own strength in how you meet their need. You'll be surprised yeah. what the result is. Um, I'm almost wanting to shout, Amen! <laughs> and- <laughs> And as we went down this conversation, Alinda, you started by saying one of your true passions right now in your life is your four daughters. Yes. So if we think about your four daughters mm. and the next generation and giving, mm. how do we continue that cycle? How do we teach the next generation about giving and generosity? I don't know, Jackie. I, I don't think I have a formula. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you model generosity, you don't have to worry about teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I see it with my daughters sometimes. Maybe I will buy pizza. And as we split out the pieces, in my head, I've not counted the maid because the maid doesn't eat pizza, you know, because maybe, ah, pizza. And they'll say, no, mama, there are eight pieces and we're eight people. So one is for auntie, you know, so-and-so. And I'll say, does she eat pizza? Like, I don't know. Yeah, so why you? And they'll say, yeah, but you haven't asked her, mama. I'll go ask her. <laughs> or it's, it's, it. I think that whenever we model that fairness and that generosity, mm-hmm. they get it in more portions than we intentionally set out. And I can I can tell it's the same because my mom finds me too generous, and yet I learned my generosity from her. And she'll be like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 you know, like must you?" I'm like, "But you don't think me. that, yeah." <laughs> it's it's interesting but Mm -hmm. i think that Mm -hmm. once we model it Mm -hmm. and once we we don't we don't limit because they're always watching and they are not going to they're not they don't censor what they see Mm -hmm. so if you if you do it from the bottom of your heart they are bound to get double from it to learn double from it thank you so much for sharing your thoughts Thank you for this conversation. (laughs) And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And tune in again next Thursday when we have another guest. Thank you, Alinda. Thank you for having me, Jackie.